Welcome to the December 11th edition here of One Nation Radio on Lords of Pain. I am your host, Rich Laddam. Of course, I am here with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? I'm exhausted. This week of, of WWE television has left me exhausted. Let's let's um, let's do this and figure out what we liked and what we didn't like. <laughs> well then, <laughs> yeah, this was a um, interesting week. So let's just get right into it. They were in San Diego, California, for Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins was standing in the ring, and Burn It Down was like you know somebody had like the locate button, like hitting it over and over because uh, it got yelled four times uh, during his music or whatever. Uh, he said burn it down was going to be his rallying cry when he defends the belt against Ambrose and that's going to be his theme for tonight in San Diego but he said he wasn't here to call out Ambrose he's here to spit that truth and I was like what you talking about Seth and of course this was advertised as the state of WWE uh, and Raw or whatever uh, he said Baron Corbin's been talking about being on the right side of history lately bring your ass to the stage has anybody seen Lil Flip lately like that's what I kind of <laughs> took from this um so corbin comes out he's like you want to talk stuff we can do it in private and you know and look the door to my office is always open for someone of your caliber and then rollins basically was like i don't want to hear none of that shit for the last few months i've been wrapped up with ambrose you know in that separate universe um oh, oh, oh i gotta cut you off right there so he said my 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 office is open at all times to a superstar of your caliber. What was that when you was out here trying to ban the shield from uh, from the arenas and shit a few months ago? I I, I guess it, you know things didn't change. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So uh, after that, he said, you know, I I haven't got to tell you what I thought of you as the GM under your leadership. Raw has sucked. It sucked because of you. And I was like, well, is this a shoot? Like. <laughs> But, you know, he, uh, Rollins literally buries Corbin for everything that we've been shitting on Raw for over the past few months for talking talk about the revival, how they treated them, the Lucha House Party rules, the pissing, the talent morale at an all time low, the ratings dropping. James, this was some WCW like the storyline became this show sucks. This was some Vince Russo WCW at the dying days of WCW, mind you, not 1997 WCW, not 1998 WCW. We're talking about 1999 and 2000 WCW right here. Yeah, it was absolutely like the beginning, of like early 99, where like Bischoff is coming back from like coming back on commentary and saying and promising that like we're going to turn it around. That it was basically that. Um, now the. St- <sighs> I do get the fact that it's a meta storyline, and that's what they're trying to convey is that that they're trying to poke at you and say, "Hey, we we hear you, and, and they we're know to, exactly uh, what we're, we're gonna, saying, and we're going to quote unquote try to fix some of this stuff." But um, I believe it when I see it. Um, like I have no reason to believe that you'll turn it around. I mean, you could. Yeah, I, I mean, but we'll see. Um, now, as far as like, who's all this for then? Like, you know, I always hear so much about this mythical casual fan and these people that just turn the show on because the show is on. Well, and if you're talking to them and you're doing all this, you know, insider shit, essentially, they have no idea what you're talking about, right? 
I mean, if they really. just show up and watch a show when they talk about the ratings sucking and everything else like that. Um, how do I say this? Well, one, there are no casual fans, so I don't really know. Like, but, I, I look. Look, either they gotta gotta come to terms with that, or people gotta drop that line of bullshit. Essentially, well, is what I'm saying. The, the thing is, this right. I believe that Vince knows that there are no casual fans. I think that he still makes a show to try to get casual fans. But the thing is, he's he's out of touch. He doesn't know how to fuck to get anybody that doesn't watch his product, and he doesn't realize he's burned off all the people that would actually have stayed with the product that he um uh, treated it better. So like that's that's the state that we're at right now. Also, it's, um, it's three hours. <laughs> like if you were yeah, going to put too. someone like, on on the yeah. you know on the casual show, you would do that on the shorter show, but. Um, you know, Rollins then like essentially like projected all of everything where he he's, he put Vince McMahon in Baron Corbin's shoes essentially. Um, it, then he went and talked about Brock Lesnar not showing up in the Universal Title and blamed that all on Corbin. And I'm like, bro, they're really just like going all the way with, with Rollins. Like here, he had good delivery during all this. Um, he he sounded like he was speaking from the heart. Like it didn't sound like scripted bullshit it sounded like yeah Rollins like as much as these wrestlers come out in public and you know say the company lines and you hear that shit like Xavier Woods was saying they know what's what like these people have most of these people have followed wrestling like their whole lives like I think that came from a place of reality like yeah or you know they, they grew up as wrestling fans they may or may not watch the show because they're always on the road, but they could definitely hear back from the people that they have in the community that they trust. They have opinions that they trust about the product or whatever. So, so yeah, like they they definitely have they definitely are um, have more people to lead to keep them um, away from insulation compared to Vince, who is of his age and um, has really no peers because he's just a man. So yeah, all this felt like nitro, and I was just really like, like wow, they're they're really doing this. <laughs> well, I would, I would, okay, so they're doing nitro shit, but the show's still not as bad as nitros. Can we at least agree on I, that? No, we cannot. We cannot. You think these shows are as bad as nitro? Yes, ninety nine nitro. Yes, Rich, we watched ninety nine nitro like a month ago. At least that horrible. was at least that was funny. This stuff we're experiencing it in real time, and they have the blueprint to to not make those mistakes. And they're Rich. they're literally Rich. James. Rich. They are literally Rich. looking at the, really, at hi, at Rich, history. Do you really think, Rich? Do you really think that that shit would have been funny to watch in '99? Sure. Why not? You want to just been like, this is bullshit, and change the channel, and watch Steve Austin instead. Well, yeah. Okay. In that case, what are we talking about? if there was another show on right now, people would have turned this shit off. And it looks like from the numbers, they've already turned this shit off. Like this is bullshit. Like this show. <laughs> like they're not putting they're not putting Medusa in a they're not putting Medusa into a match of uh, I'm sorry a ballroom gown match and then she doesn't want to do it and then the powers that be want to punish her by throwing her into a men's title tournament and then she keeps winning because she's like on because because of bullshit like that's not happening we're not we're not going that far 
I mean, we're not having we're the, not having David Flair trying to murder. Uh, 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 tr- or, um, we're having uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart get printed out. We're, we're having page. We're not doing that. We're having on, Jim Na- we're having Jim Anvil Nightheart get printed out on a table and months after he's dead, and then you know. Uh, get told by the heels they're gonna put the baby face through the table. Like we're we're having yeah. people. Like, <laughs> I agree. Look, we're, we have, we haven't had a finger pull of doom. Look, we're, look, we're, <laughs> look. We might as look that that might as well have been a finger poke of doom what they did at Crown Jewel with Strowman. <laughs> what I will say Fuck. is this: if you was about ninety nine uh, WCW, like we do have we do have now have luchadors. All right, we're back. Had some technical difficulties and lost some of the audio we recorded after <laughs> the uh, last couple minutes here. So we had a spirited conversation that we will never hear quite the same, but um, picking up on what you guys have heard. So Baron Corbin um, and Rollins, they were talking about um, the Universal Championship, and I just feel like they're going all the way with these these things. They just want us to grab onto. Uh, Corbin was like, I appreciate the feedback. It'll save me time. File it under I don't give a damn. Corbin cares about no one's opinion. He said Raw is his show and he's going to be in charge for a long time and it's only going to get worse uh, for a guy like Seth Rollins, essentially. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense because Seth just said that the ratings are cratered and this moron says, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing except do it even harder. Yeah. Sounds like a recipe for success. And of course, Vince McMahon is writing all this, so it's like he knows exactly what the fans are saying as far as like how pissed off people are. And then he's literally giving us the answer through Baron Corbin. So, (laughs) um, Rollins then replies and says, I don't think it can get any worse. Um, Corbin said this Sunday, Ambrose is going to take your belt. Then I'm going to beat Braun by forfeit. And he has one arm. What's he going to do? And uh, Corbin says, he's going to put Rollins through hell. Rollins like, why wait? And you know, this whole thing, uh, he challenged Baron Corbin tonight in a TLC match. Crowd cheered. Uh, then Corbin declined. Rollins challenged him to a TLC match uh, and just kept like doing it over and over and called him uh, a coward. And Corbin and he used that annoying Seth Rollins voice. And eventually he he buckled and agreed to the match. So the as I. I, I still feel like this is WCW. This is a full this show sucks storyline now. And the people that run WWE know exactly what the problems are. They just don't give a fuck. So <laughs> um, Corbin said he's going to make an example out of Rollins. And then, you know, ultimately was booked after that. You know, um, Rollins was in the back. Uh, he was asked if he regrets calling out Corbin. He says he has to do something if he wants to be a leader to everyone back here, and he has to take a stand. And he doesn't deserve to wear the Intercontinental Championship if he doesn't do something. And I'm like, wow, the pressures of leadership on these baby faces. Like, <laughs> um, so AOP was in the ring with the jobber entrance. Chad Gable now has a robe and matching gear. Uh, I've only ever seen one blue Bobby Roode robe. I just want to know which one of them has the piss robe on because, you know, unless Bob, yeah, unless That's you know, yeah, they, they, they got to figure something out with that. So Renee said this match was an example of Corbin's power running wild it was the AOP versus uh, with Maverick against Rude and Gable. So I figured this was happening also under Lucha House rules. Um, and then, you know, how it but went. At least, hey, but at least these are the heels, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
from there, uh, they got the heat on Gable. Uh, Maverick went for a pin, tagged out right away, got a comeback, cleared out the AOP, got Maverick in the ring the hard way, and hip-tossed him over the top rope just to go to commercial. Not the long chase of this dude being devious, and they finally get their hands on him, nothing. We just have to pay some bills real quick. So after that, um, they got more heat on Gable um, from Razor. Bobby Roode got the hot tag, and with his white boots, he looked like Triple H in 2004. Uh, then he was cut off, and there were uh, it, it was double-team move on Roode. Um, Gable broke up the count. They uh, went for a super collider, but Gable countered his half until he caught a big boot. Uh, and the neckbreaker powerbomb combo, then uh, Drake Maverick demanded that he be tagged in. Uh, and then there was a crucifix bomb, um, position that Maverick was in and got rolled up and pinned like a geek. So um, Gable and Rude win the tag team titles without actually beating the champions. So are they really the champions? Well, I guess. Babyface prospering? Sure, why not? Yeah, so... Take it where you can get it. Good God. Um, <laughs> geeks. Um, Ziggler, the, the Raw Tag Team Division has just been a dumpster fire all year, and this is just more. Um, so they announced Ziggler and McIntyre in a rematch, so they know they got to get that win back for uh, McIntyre. And, and boy, did he. Yeah. Uh, so Gable and Rue had an interview. Uh, he said there hasn't been a lot of room for hope, and if we put in the work every day... And we, we knew we would be standing here as tag team champions. Chad Gable said, only one way can describe how I feel. Glorious. These dudes are geeks that beat a geek for a belt. I, just awful. Like, <laughs> um, So after that, we got the Natalia promo. One of the more interesting parts of the show. Uh, in a vacuum. Um, but... Ultimately, you know, you got the the whole death thing, and we'll get to it. But now Natalia walked out smiling. She came out and said, "I'm normally smiling because uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve, uh, but I'm here about Ru- Ruby Riot. I love this business, and Ruby doesn't respect anyone in, in this business. Ruby, you made this personal when you destroyed my dad's glasses. You tried to destroy my dad's legacy, saying how I've been spoon fed because of my last name. Natty brings up the Montreal screw job and asked if she, she remembered when Brett." Uh, punch Vincent Mann in the face and the crowd popped so this was just more of them just reaching at stuff to emotional things to make fans react essentially um she said she's proud to be a heart and represent her family in the WWE and says she was going to dedicate this match to Jim the Anvil Nightheart. She broke out in tears and said she's going to put Ruby's ass through a table um and then I immediately I thought that. yeah I felt that. yeah I immediately, I immediately then thought Natalia's losing, right? <laughs> I mean, in this company, of course, right? Oh, man. So, um, now, with this, like, and, you know, the whole thing with Jim the Anvil Nightheart and his legacy, I don't want to, like, you know disrespect or, or or just say, or just anal- I'm just going to analyze this. So, Jim the Anvil Nightheart I'm 29 years old. Jim, the Anvil Nightheart, and Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation were a tag team around the time I was born, a little bit before and a little bit after. Then, of course, he had that second run later. Um, you know, he did stuff throughout the business between then, but uh, in the Hart Foundation, the five-man group. The first thing you think of when you think of Jim, the Anvil Nightheart, 
I don't think it's the glasses. At least it's not for me. And then I can imagine people younger than me are even less connected to knowing really about Jim the Anvil Nightheart. So I feel like they skipped a step here. Yeah, they did. They didn't build it. They just did it. Like, um, <laughs> he shows up. She shows up with the glasses one on one night. Then they're broken on the same night. Like they weren't like a theme or something, or they weren't something that was built upon. Like, for example, um, this is something another inanimate object, Mitch the plant. Mm-hmm. Like, kept bringing out Mitch. Mitch, you know, like obviously he was trying to get it over as a, as a prop because Dean Ambrose his whole career has been he's been a prop comedy act. So he got it over and then Jericho broke the damn thing and then it was on because people were like it was actually built up. But like if you if you were to go to something on a um, a, a more uh, serious note, if she had been out there for a few weeks and talked about, you know, previous generations and they showed a video package of him of with the glasses on and she comes out with them and she gets a couple of wins with, with the glasses on or whatever else, and then eventually she breaks them. Then yeah, people would have felt the felt the weight of that, but this was just like they just microwaved it, like they do a lot of things. Yeah, um, and, and you know when I think of Jimmy Apple Nightheart, normally I'm thinking of like the beard or the laugh, like so. Um, yeah, glasses kind of far back on the list, but uh, Ruby, Ruby was out and she said, "Look, Natalia's crying again, uh, like we've never seen this. All you do is walk around feeling sorry for yourself. You want to talk to, to me about respect? You don't need respect. What you need is a good counselor." And she's told her, "No one has the guts to say this, but you don't rep the hearts. You disgrace your family." And Ruby pulled out a table with a covering on it. Now. This reminded me of when The Rock handed Farouk a photo of himself after handing the rest of the nation $10,000 Rolexes. So when yeah. you when you pull it up, you get the big reveal and it's like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> so this was yeah. out of that family. So Ruby pulls out a she she lifts it up and it's Jim the Anvil Nightheart, like fathead style plastered onto the table. I was fucking hollering when this shit happened. Like, I, I don't believe this is happening. Um, she, then she told her, she was like, when I put you through this table, you and your daddy are going to be closer than ever. So that was a fire line. But it was just like, yo, death in a storyline. There's just so many things to be against in theory. But I think they kind of handled it as good as they could. Maybe. I mean, keep in mind, like, this is, a, this is at the bottom of the card, so you don't want to give it too much weight to try to, to step on, like, the stuff you're trying to really get over as the quote-unquote serious stuff that you give a fuck about or give, you know, lots of, of care for and attention to. But then at the why same are they time, doing like, death? <laughs> it's, it's someone's, it's someone, someone's gone and you've gone to this length. If you're going to do that, then, like, you may as well go ahead and go, go along and actually give it some type of gravity. But... Um, but for me, I just I just don't buy it with with, with uh, the riot squad. Like I just buy it as their mean girls that dress funny, and then like they decide to do this for some weird reason, it, for some unexplainable reason, um, to take it to you know bullying or, or more like tormenting a woman that just lost her 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 dad, and like it's not even translating into actual real heat for 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 um, 
Ruby? It's just turning into this is a thing that she's just doing right now. Yeah, like she's not someone that like we should want off the streets or, or anything like that. So yeah, she's yeah. just like she's she's playing playing wrestler. Like essentially, we could literally have anybody else do the storyline. So. Um, after that, Dolph Ziggler's on the cell phone, um, and he appropriates the Roman Reigns. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. Thing, and he said, "I'm That's Dolph the first Ziggler." First thing I thought about. Yes. That's the first thing. Yes, he said, "I don't get Finn Balor being involved. I don't want his help." Maybe Drew shouldn't have thought I was Finn Balor. He should have remembered I was Dolph Ziggler. Whatever the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> you damn sure remember who you were uh, later tonight. Oh my <laughs> Beat the God. brakes off you. Um, so so McIntyre came out uh, and he said he, he called himself the only real man left. So uh, Drew McIntyre uh, making his entry to our real man Hall of Fame. Uh, he said no one stays undefeated. Not Andre the Giant. Not the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Hint, hint. Um... They're bringing up Andre the fucking Giant and the Undertaker, bro. Like this, this show they're throwing. Brock Lesnar's not around. The ratings suck. Andre the Giant, the Undertaker, like literally trying to just throw something. So this is, I think, those are the examples of them trying something. It obviously didn't work, but whatever. Um, he, he said, uh, not even me. I'm not even going to stay undefeated, but it makes me more dangerous. I beat Finn so bad that he isn't here tonight. I'm going to finish him for good uh, on Sunday. When I talk, y'all listen. I make Raw better for everyone. He said, you ain't got to like it, but you got to respect it. He don't care what kind of guy Dolph Ziggler is. Uh, he's the guy that's going to get his head kicked off. This is a good promo. Yeah, it is, but... Like he's doing, he's doing mean, bad things. But at the same time, like these promos are not supposed to be promos, or these promos don't. The subject matter and or like the 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 substance of these um of what he's talking about is not like exactly the worst thing in the world. There's nothing to like, dislike him about. It's like yo, I'm I mean, a, I'm a, I'm a real man. Like I'm gonna whoop anybody essentially. Like yeah. I'm, well, I mean, as far as, like, the locker room stuff, as far as, like, he's trying to change the culture and stuff, like, yeah, some of that stuff comes off as, like, yeah, that's a little bit too, uh, that's a little too far, but, like, I, I, I kind of get how you're trying to change things because of, yeah, quote-unquote, lackadaisical or whatever else, but, yeah, it's not, it's just, it's, it's, it's a good promo, but, like, this isn't it doesn't mean anything. promo level yeah, stuff. It, it doesn't mean anything. Just, like, you know, looking at it on yeah. the segment, like, it was a fine promo if you're watching the show, but, like, with McIntyre, I feel like we have to evaluate him in a different like spectrum, essentially. Like, because yeah. they, yeah, they, like, they, like, we see the writing on the wall with him. Yeah, like cutting these promos and like beating up on Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor will not get will not get him the, the Russell or should not get him the WrestleMania main event. Right. Uh, after that, we had Ziggler and McIntyre. Ziggler charged at Drew, uh, got cut off with strikes and overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Graves calls McIntyre the hybrid athlete. I feel like I've heard them call a million people that. Um, yes. yes. There was a big Samoan drop off the middle rope. Uh, Ziggler's arm folded up underneath. And you know me, James. I'm, like, not queasy or anything whenever I watch wrestling. It's just like, oh, okay. Like, if somebody got hurt, oh, they got hurt and whatever. But Ziggler's arm, like, folded up underneath him. I was like, ooh came down underneath that shit like it looked like that whole shit was about to just go numb 
Yeah, I thought he possibly popped his shoulder out of the socket. Um, so Drew beat a 10 count uh, after getting hit against the post, teased the finish from last week. Ziggler mm-hmm. collapsed on a super kick, so I was like, wow. He immediately out of nowhere. He 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 really wants to be Shawn Michaels, like collapse in the middle of matches and shit. So like, and it was weird because McIntyre spent a chunk of that match like working on his leg, and and then he just like collapsed like Shawn Michaels like against Owen Hart. Yeah, with the concussion deal. Yeah, it was like when were you concussed? I don't get this. I, I, maybe the thing was his leg gave out underneath him, but like that's not like what it felt like. It was just like, but, but he, but he collapsed, but he didn't collapse and go cr- cr- uh, like clutching onto his leg. He collapsed as if and like, fell into he, him, as if he was suffering drain damage. No right. typo. Right. So Drew like fucked off and and then got zigzagged after that. So he had enough energy to do the zigzag. So uh, Ziggler set up the sweet shit music again and got cut off with the Claymore. Beat with a faster gun, essentially, and this is when I knew I was like, Sean wouldn't have got beat on no super kick. Sean would have hit the super kick. So after that, Drew destroyed Ziggler until the uh, geeks ran out, and it looks like he was gonna power bomb him onto the steel steps, but they stopped him. Uh, and then he ended up claymoring Ziggler's face against the side of the LED board and rolling around laughing on the ground like a psychopath. Um, Cole begins saying this is why the universe is being turned off like and it was just like good god um so did you notice anything weird about the commentary tonight on this show not particularly I'm at a point where I've like tuned them out like I I, so I can't really kill them (laughs) for anything but it was like they were in damage control, it felt like, for a lot of the stuff that they've been saying over the last, like, you know, couple weeks and pretty much months. And it was just like, hold on, man. Now y'all trying to be the voice of, like, the fans and stuff like that. It's like, there's this huge disconnect with them. This commentary team is just... And it's it's Vince, ultimately. Like... Yeah, absolutely. So... They threw to Rhino and Slater last week, and then Sasha and Bailey were out next. Um, they showed Sasha in the Middle East doing all this promotion and looking like a star and all these other things. And this is the first year, James, that she's been had without a championship since 2015. Amazing. Um, so... Jinder's music hit, and I thought I saw one of the Sing Bros hitting the bankhead bounce. Um, after that, you know, I thought, wow, okay, Alicia Fox came out, and I thought, man, one day they're, they're going to give her new music, but they never do. Um, yeah. Bailey versus Alicia, and Alicia uh, had a nice neck breaker, and uh, she went into a chin lock for a while. Gray has got to immediately hating on Sasha Banks, who wasn't even in the match. Um, Alicia had like this split sunset flip from the top rope that looked very athletic. Bailey rode through for the sliding D clothesline. Um, Bailey hit a flying kick in the corner and her her rope stunner. The same bros came on the apron and there was a big boot by Alicia Fox. You know she has the legs and everything and can just hit you in the face. Uh, then Apollo Cruz's music hit uh, and apparently he's been substituted into the mix match challenge here for Finn Balor, so he's Bailey's new partner. 
Apollo was out to save the women, uh, and then Sasha damn near uh, uh, basically took one of the, the same brother's head off his shoulders with uh, the knees. Uh, then Sasha told Apollo to press slam her onto the sings. Apollo gives her the press slam onto them. Alicia missed another big boot and then got pinned with the belly to belly. So this was just shenanigans all over the place, uh, oh. left and right. <coughs> so... Um, Dean uh, gets rolled up on by Charlie and she's uh, called him like the lunatic fringe uh, he told Charlie not to call him that and he had the same coat on he's been wearing the last couple weeks said that the architect is a name Rollins gave himself to keep himself in the spotlight which is funny because the whole architect thing never made a lick of sense uh, Rollins' head is all twisted up and he went to the ring with no plan and now he's in a TLC match Rollins' ego is the cause of all this and he had to step on Roman and Dean if Rollins is still the champion Dean will take the belt and tell him what he thinks to his face so then Charlie like <laughs> asked so after that they went into like a three to five minute video package or whatever right and then it was literally everything they flashed back from the beginning the Roman Reigns cancer announcement so that's back the turn everything literally to this day they came back and Dean Ambrose was still sitting there and it was like minutes later. I would have respected it more had Ambrose just walked off and they came back and was only Charlie there. But she asked him, uh, what would a Roman think? Dean was like, Roman? Who cares? And it was like he had never considered ever what Roman Reigns would think. That was kind of funny uh, how that played out. Um, they showed... And it's also bullshit. Yeah. They, they showed the like, date. Just... just- like three weeks ago, you were like, "Yeah, you know, God's punishing this guy." Yeah, exactly. Um, they showed the date on the video package, and it was October twenty second. And all it did was remind me that, wow, this thing has been going on forever already. Um, Seven weeks. Yeah, they went to a long video package and everything, and it was like it was weird. Like, <laughs> um, so after that. It was time for Elias. Uh, so it was 9.30, so you know Elias, it was his time to come out. Uh, Bobby Lashley, he said, did a radio interview and said he would take every team in this city and move it to a cool city like L.A. So yes, everybody, reverse cheap heat. Um, and then it was funny, <laughs> like how he said that. Uh, I think Dave Meltzer made a great point, though. Eventually, Elias is going to have to go to L.A. I think the only thing they can count on is that no one remembers this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no one's going to remember that. Yeah. So, hitting, uh, he said, hitting kids with my guitar isn't what I do, but last week I made an exception. And then we got Elias versus Leo Rush. Boy, what a weird match. Heath Slater was the referee for this. Rush was running and escaping Elias. Elias did a flapjack. Cole says that Rush competes on 205 Live. So um, they advertised 205 Live twice this week, but this is the first time. Uh, first, it was destroying a cruiserweight with a dude way bigger than him. Do you remember when they would have Kevin Nash randomly jackknife the cruiserweights and then have the cruiserweights fight the heavyweights and get destroyed in WCW? Yes. I do. <laughs> So, um, lastly, breaks up the pin attempt uh, by the powerbomb, and then Slater does not call for the DQ. It gets punked by Lashley. Spinebuster on Elias took the L. Uh, Leo grabbed the guitar and told Lashley to cream him. Elias gets beaten with his own guitar. Yes, it be your own gimmick. And... 
Yeah, I was watching his matches more of the same. of just like Elias has nothing, and like Leo Rush makes Leo Rush in there like wrestling a broom. Yeah, I I don't see it, and I I think uh, even some of the staunchest Elias supporters uh, so far have just been kind of puzzled by his babyface turn thus far. I don't think they've done him any favors having him going in there with you know Jinder Mahal one week. They've had him fight Bobby Lashley. It would be good to get him in there with a good wrestler that's a heel on Raw, but trying to find one one of those on Raw, good fucking luck. Um, I mean, there's McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, ALP. Yeah. Who else? Yeah, like the, the thing is, they're not they're not they're not going to program him with McIntyre because you know McIntyre's right, right. on the you know. I, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. you know, just saying. Like in general, like is it or also there's Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is is you no. Know, he's he's saving himself to only wrestle. Uh, no, look, Seth Rollins. Look, so. you, look, you know who Elias would have been a job for? Sami Zayn. Like <laughs> Sami Zayn want to fuck around and got that man over. Yeah, probably. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So they had the Becky Lynch commercial telling the kids to stop smoking, and rumors are she single-handedly cured uh, underage smoking. Uh, the man was looking in prime physical condition in the gym during this commercial. So Corbin then walked up on Slater and told him uh, that he did a good job, and you have another master ref, so you know and he, you have to get over ending Rhino's career. Alexa Bliss was out next and literally did nothing. So... Uh, Naya came in, and this was supposed to be the press conference for their match. It turned out not to be one. So <laughs> um, Naya was like, "Before you ask questions, Alexa, I'm gonna make a direct. I'm gonna make a statement. This Sunday, I'm gonna become the Raw Women's Champion at the direct expense of Ronda Rousey." Getting cracked in the head with those four-ounce gloves has done a number on her logic. She had half a brain left, and she doesn't. She needs to walk out and lay the belt down in front of me. Um, she said, I understand uh, that Ronda comes from a place where you got to talk trash to sell fights, but I don't talk trash. I'm a six foot, 300 pounds Samoan woman. I am the anti Ronda Rousey. And she said, this fist broke Becky Lynch's face. And then she started staring down at the fist or whatever. Uh, and the crowd like doesn't really boo that hard when she says that. So I think that is finished like <laughs> until at least Becky's around her the next time when Rousey comes from me. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, she said, when Rousey comes for me, uh, I'm just going to hit her in the face over and over and over and over again. I think Nia forgot that we literally have videotape of uh, their last encounter. That's not really what happened. Nia called herself a strategist, and then she talked about Ronda's accolades, and she did that damn scream. Uh, she said, you yeah. know what happens when Ronda gets punched in the face, and she said she was going to erase Ronda. Yeah, and then she then she also say something about like uh, if she puts on the armbar, she'll just fight her way out of it. Right, right. Like yeah. she'll slam her or whatever. Like this. See, now this is the reason. This all would have made so much more sense if they didn't do what they did with Ronda and and that fucking beating that she took in the pilmanization and she just shook it off like it wasn't shit. Because if she was still hurting, you say, look. She didn't talk about that once either. Well, she can't. I mean, cause remember, she said it last week, and it sounded, it sounded ridiculous. Yeah. Because Ronda shook it out and already wrestled. Yep. Um, so, but, like, so she realized she can't do that no more because, like, that ain't shit no more. Like, it completely doesn't even matter. Um, 
I thought Nia was uh, good through most of this promo, and then it just kind of went on. And, it tailed off. Yeah. It went way too long. Yeah, it, it started. I Like, overall, I think, you know, she was fine here. Um, but, yeah, Ronda wasn't about none of that talking shit. She came out next, uh, and she said she didn't. I think, well, real quick, I think Nia's promo, the beginning of this promo, and then the backstage promo when she basically was bullying Charlie last week, those were both good until they either a went too long or she started peeking the mic. Yeah. Um, so she's on to, she's on to something before she was on to absolutely nothing. <laughs> so Rhonda came out. Uh, she was not in a talking mood. Uh, she said she didn't come here to hit her poses and talk about fighting. I feel like I've heard her say that line before, um, but she came to fight and she charged ring. You know, <clears throat> nothing really went down. Uh, the the women, uh, Samoan women, rolled out. Then they surrounded the ring. So I don't know what the logic was there. Um, <laughs> Everybody, yeah, they were trying to get her, get their shield on. Yeah. Then uh, Amber Moon was out. So uh, random. So blatant fault, false advertising here. I thought we were going to get like this press conference talking promo, but didn't end up happening uh and then all of a sudden that turned into a match with ember moon and tamina so <laughs> so ember moon and tamina tamina was in control uh there was a face off of ronda and naya outside flying nothing by ember got reversed uh and loads of chin locks so ronda uh, has been a manager a bunch of matches on raw this year I I don't know about you. I could do without on that. <laughs> like if they they need her on the show that bad, I, 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 I yeah. So nice power slam by Tamina, but Tamina was literally a beginning level wrestler in this match. Um, Ronda yeah. pulled Nia off the apron and just threw her in the crowd, and there was an eclipse. And then Ronda and Ember celebrated after that. Not really much to it. Um, yeah, Amber Russell the broom. Yeah. Um, so after that, um, he threat Baron Corbin threatens to ship Charlie Caruso to SmackDown, uh, and you know how he said he wasn't going to deprive the universe of seeing him compete in the TLC match because we don't know Strowman's status, quote unquote. Charlie says rumors are say that Strowman is coming back. They wouldn't talk about rumors if he wasn't coming back. Everybody. So Corbin says, "Don't listen to the internet." And then he went into a long gaslighting speech that was just too much for me to type at the same time and he ended with all hail baron corbin so this is just like um after that we got corbin versus seth rollins so heath slater was the ref um you know and basically renee was on commentary and said if dean wins the intercontinental belt is more money for her household so she's like fully in like it's just like whoa um so with the with the Rollins and Corbin match, it was a decent match. I think I gave about three and a quarter, but the thing was, it was twenty four minutes. The crowd was really excited here. Uh, I think Steph did a good job to put a lot of this stuff together. Um, <clears throat> Corbin didn't look like an abject disaster in here, uh, but it's just this show has way too much Baron Corbin. I don't want to see him this much main eventing and cutting uh getting like three or four uh backstage promos and a talking promo at the beginning it's just too much he's he's not that good like he's not a star like that the ratings reflect these things uh rollins ended up defeating corbin uh to retain the championship and rollins like looked strong throughout the show this was his best performance in ages i feel like as a you know wrestler and i've been 
zeroing in on Rollins, like just making sure everything's right with him before they, you, you know, because Rollins always has these weird things happen uh, in his matches on pay-per-views. And with Rollins, sometimes he tends, you know, to feel sorry for himself and all that. I didn't see none of that tonight. This was him, like, just going out there, charged up. That's what we want to see. And, yeah. Yeah, like, it was so weird um, for the show because it was so different from how he's been handled um, since SummerSlam. Like, it really felt like um, they looked up like for the first time in like six, seven weeks, it was like, oh yeah, like Seth Rollins is actually a, a top guy. Let's like use him to anchor the show because he's the top guy right now that's on the company, that's on the brand. Now that Strowman and Roman are not around right now, like maybe we should use that. And also he has experience um, doing this. Like, <laughs> sorry, he has experience anchoring a show before. Yeah, it's not like you. It's not like you. You know, you guys didn't send him out like week after week after week for like all of 2015 to, to cut 15 minute promos in the open of Raw every single fucking week. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like we don't know if we can talk. Like, dude, y'all, y'all remember all all? I can go to the network and show you all the hours of footage of you have that dude talk his ass off, or not not talk his ass. I mean, like in a good way. I mean, like just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Literally, he can do time. this. He's better than Corbin. This. He's a babyface at least. Yeah, so a um, couple couple things about the match. Um, they had a choke slam spot through a table with Rollins uh, getting choke slammed. Um, there was a great frog splash off the top rope outside. Uh, crowd chanted, "Holy shit!" Through a table. Yep, and um, Heath Slater like turned essentially on Rollins during the match. Rollins ended up giving him the super kick. So look for Slater to either get involved in more fuck shit or it could all end Sunday. Um, Dang. Speaking of WCW, Nick Patrick. Yeah. Later. Yeah. And also, and also doing the specialty match on the go home show before the pay per view. This is WCW, James. Like, <laughs> this is WCW. Um, yeah. After that, Ambrose came out on stage and stared at Rollins as the show ended. Uh, the crowd got into it at the end and popped big for Rollins coming back and eventually, like, getting the belt off the ladder. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. So, Monday Night Raw. Not as bad as the last two weeks. Still not a good show. Seth Rollins looked really good. I really can't say anyone else on the show did. If there there was somebody that looked good off this show, please let me know. Oh, Drew McIntyre. Um... Brock yeah. Lesnar, he didn't have to show up. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, smarter than everybody. Finn, ba- Finn Balor. Yeah, you yeah, know. Uh, after that, I think, you know, it's rough in, the, in these Monday Night Raw streets still. But that's going to wrap up the Raw report. Um, <clears throat> we will be back with the SmackDown Live portion. Welcome back. It is time to get into SmackDown Live. Uh, a, a weird show, but you know there are a lot of good things on the show as well. But James, take us through it. <sighs> SmackDown Live, December eleventh, two thousand eighteen, from Las Vegas, Nevada. We start with a video promoting Oscar versus Charlotte Flair and Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali. Daniel Bryan comes down to the ring. He says he he, um, he called us all sheep last week and he would like to apologize. 
to the sheep. They didn't deserve to be compared to us idiots. He says, sheep are mindlessly destroying the earth with their endless consumption. There is no such thing as a carbon footprint. Uh, he says that the fans are more like parasites, and he's not surprised that we all latched onto his success and lived vicariously through him. He says the old Daniel Bryan is dead and gone, so is the Yes Movement, and um, now all of us idiots have to reside on the couch in the house that AJ Styles built. Um, but he's a WWE champion, not AJ Styles, and at TLC, he'll crush AJ's dream of becoming the champion again. And at the end of the match, Daniel Bryan will be the new, or sorry, the WWE champion will be the new Daniel Bryan. This is still really weird. I just look at it and just stare at the screen. He says he's, I mean, it's getting heat. Um, it's legitimate heat. It's not like, people are like, what the hell is going on? Like, it feels to me like they're booing him because, like, you took Daniel Bryan away from us, you bastard. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, he says that he has debates with a friend um, all the time, uh, and they argue about um, whether or not the fans are stupid or if the fans d- are just deliberately pulling the wheels over their eyes to avoid the facts. Um. He said that, in fact, his pal um, has said that stupidity is the deliberate cult- cultivation of ignorance, and that's pretty much Las Vegas. So then Mustafa Ali interrupts. Ali introduces himself, and Daniel Bryan immediately cuts him off and says, he knows who he is, but maybe some of these idiot fans uh, don't um, don't know who you are. So he invites him into the ring. Um, Bryan introduces Ali as a heart of 205 Live and, and, and also as an incredible performer. Brian says he sees a lot of himself in Ali, and he wants to give him some advice. They don't need to have a match tonight uh, because after this match, these people won't care. Um, Brian says that the fans are too self-absorbed, too xenophobic, too consumed with their mindless consumption. And the truth is, these fickle people don't deserve the match. Um, yeah, he hitting on some of that xenophobia. Anyway, um, <laughs> Ali says, asks, what happened to, to Daniel Bryan? Uh, Ali says that Daniel Bryan inspired him to make it uh, inspired him and made it possible to believe that he could be a WWE superstar and everyone in 205 Live looks up to him as the underdog who could go toe-to-toe with any giant because of his heart Ali says the old Daniel Bryan would have wanted to fight so he wants to fight uh, Bryan asks Ali what kind of car do you own Ali says an SUV Bryan says Ali, you're a little man. What does a little man like you need with an SUV? That's and then hilarious. They show, and as he says that, they show the hard camera z- zoomed in, and you can see that Ali is, in fact, taller than Daniel Bryan. <laughs> as he calls him a little man. So Ali says he's got a wife and two, Daniel, and two kids, and immediately Daniel Bryan cuts him off by shouting, Ignorant and slaps the piss out of Ali. <laughs> and Brian again, and then Brian one more time yells, "Ignorant again!" And then, uh, and then again, it slaps the hell out of Ali. So Ali responds with some forearms, a hurricane rana, a drop, and a drop kick that sends Brian to the floor. And then he lands a somersault senton. So 
We go to commercial break. We come back, and it's Daniel Bryan versus Mufasa Ali. Of course, man, Mufasa. Mustafa, my God, Mustafa Ali. My bad. It happens. So players fuck up. All right. Anyway, um, we come back. So we come back from the commercial break, and the match officially begins. And it's, uh, and Daniel Bryan's in control. He's throwing some kick. He's throwing kicks, formerly known as Yes. Yeah. 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 So Ali dodges the final big kick and lands a barrage of kicks of his own. Brian rolls out to the floor. Ollie goes for a plancha, but Brian dodges. Ollie ends up landing on his feet, but Brian uh, shoves him head first to the ring post, sending him bouncing and flipping onto the floor. We come back from commercial break with Ollie in the yes lock, and Ollie gets to the ropes. Brian puts Ollie in the tree of wool and throws some kicks, and then goes to the opposite corner, and then comes back and lands a charging drop kick. Brian gets Ollie up to the top rope and goes for a back superplex, but in midair. Um, Ali flips out and onto his feet. Um, Ali dodges a running drop kick from Brian and then lands a bunch of overhand chops a la Andrade, who's nowhere to be found. Rumor has it that he's uh, on SmackDown Live. Yeah, rumor. Just that, rumors. So, <laughs> rumor has uh, it. So Ali runs to the, uh, runs to a corner and does a backflip off the top turnbuckle and then lands a, uh, a tornado DDT for a two count. Ali then pulls Brian to the corner and goes for the top, goes to the top rope for the uh, the the old five four. Um, but Brian rolls out of, out of the way just to make a time. Brian then um, pulls Ali leg first underneath the bottom turnbuckle into the ring post and it smashes Brian's leg against. Oh, sorry, smashes Ali's leg against the um, the post. A la Ric Flair, Bret Hart, any any leg submission specialist. So, um. From there, he uh, he pulls him back to the ring. He slaps on the the heel hook for for the submission victory. They could have made Mustafa Ali a star in one night. They didn't do that uh, with this. Well, it's well, of course not. It's two o five live. But Mustafa Ali has the chops. Like <clears throat> I, I, we know that. I think anybody they, that's seen him, Russell knows that. I I think they could have done this where. I think that they just had the idea they wanted Daniel Ryan to go over very dominantly over someone. And James, it's funny they had to bring Mustafa Ali in for this because it's like, wow, you turned everyone heel, so you have to import baby faces uh, for yeah. Daniel Bryan to get TV wins over. So, and they don't want him whooping Rusev like that, or they don't want him. You know, obviously he can't fight Ray, who and he's fighting AJ Styles. So who else is there to wrestle? So I'm not, you know. I, I definitely like the idea of Mustafa Ali coming over on a full-time basis, um, being another babyface to have matches with. But I think they could have done this a lot better. Uh, they, obviously, they had a lot of the match in the commercial break, like where all the the cool stuff in the match Spanish happened. Fly. Yes, they do a Spanish fly during commercial break. Yes, um, I, and I didn't like that. And it was like half the fucking match was on during the commercial break. Dude, that, I mean, took me out of it. There were so many. This hurt that match a lot, and also hurt the main event. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Um, so, uh, hey, you, you after know, the match, hey, you know who else used to go to commercial in the middle of matches? WCW. Yep. Nitro. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the commentary 
um, the commentary table, uh, they shill for the network, um, then they cut back and shows Daniel Bryan um, uh, beating on Ali some more on the ramp and then slapping on the heel hook again, and Ali taps, taps, starts tapping out, and it's not a match no more, bro. He about yeah. to lose your leg. Yeah. So, um, AJ Styles didn't come help that man either, so, you know. Yeah. I wonder yeah. why. Um, so... <laughs> Comment, so then the commentary team starts running down the entire car of TLC like at eight thirty. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. Not like you know nine thirty right, right before the, the main event, just right after the opener. Weird. Um, so we come after commercial break, and um, we're, and then we get the rap the rap battle part two, Electric Boogaloo, right? Boy, um, boy. So the bar, they start doing a, a version of like uh, of, of a rap duel freestyle of a, a take on um, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Um, it's purposely bad. Um, it's 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 amusing, but it's but it's purposely bad. And <sighs> then the Usos begin to drop um, hot fire on on all of them lava. And it was clear that uh, it was clear that the Usos outclassed them. And then uh, that 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 the new day took the sorry the 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 Sheamus and Cesaro shit was like horrifying. Like it was like they showed up dressed like you know Run DMC or looking like, like they, were just, they were in a they were Missy just, Elliott video. Um, oh my god! I just didn't like the whole costumes uh, element of the whole thing. It was just like eye rolling. They were they were purposely set up to be cannon fodder for yeah. the Usos to drop that fire on them. Yeah. Um. So. The, um. The new day are the neutral judges, even though they're actually going to be in a match against both of them in the three way um, come Sunday. Um. They give the on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> they give the bar a trash can. On a yes. scale of one to ten, a trash can. Yes. Uh. And then there was, anyway, the Usos won. It broke out into a fight because, of course, they're going to break out into the fight because that's how, that, that's, that's how all these things have to work out. Um, and the, the the bar ends up leaving all five members uh, of, between the Usos and the New Day Lang. They, they should have just uh, got into the fight by having the Usos say, oh, you mad because I'm styling on you. Like, and oh, then, oh. you know, could have just got right to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is <coughs> yeah. So um, in the back, uh, Oscar promised to win the title at TLC on Sunday, but first will be uh, Charlotte Flair tonight. Uh, we cut to the we go to the Miz in the ring with the World Cup trophy, and he asked Shane to come down to the ring. He got down on one knee and begged. Shane McMahon to come down to the ring. He said he's not Jon Snow. He has no problem bending the knee. I thought Neville was around. Yeah, um, I, they can't use anyway. that phrase. You know. Yeah. So McMahon came down to the ring and he asked if Miz is okay. Miz noted that McMahon didn't answer any of his calls or texts. He said to give him one more chance. That's what they asked. That's what they said to Biggie too. Um, <laughs> they tried. <laughs> Uh, Miz says that they're meant to be together as a tag team. Okay, Stan. Um, McMahon noted that uh, that Miz and the trophy is starting to get weird because it is. Uh, Miz said that he's going to he's going to prove it to him, and he called out a referee. 
and um and they said their opponents are the Vegas boys, um named Chip and Chad. So Boy. um before these guys came out, the first thing I thought was they're going to bring out some some Chippendale male male strippers like some Magic Mike <laughs> uh, some, a Magic Mike gimmick, but apparently not. I yeah. guess I guess Kevin Nash only does I guess Kevin Nash only does that on set. Yeah, for the big check. So, yes. <laughs> uh, look, if I gotta break out this just for men, it's gonna be it's gonna be on set. <laughs> All right, so um. The Vegas, the Vegas boys. How how original? So the Vegas boys, uh, they jump the man from they jump Shane from from behind. Shane fights back, starts potatoing the crap out of these guys. The Shane um, man punches. Yeah, he ends up get throwing one of them out out of the ring. Um, he ends up beating up another one of the guys. He ends up um, going for a float over DDT and damn near like breaks his dude's neck on the neck crank. Just a complete clusterfuck. Uh, Gives a back elbow. It's all terrible. All the offices are like crap. This probably was when like the energy got sucked out of the entire building throughout the rest for the rest of the show. Shaman Man uh, has get off my fucking TV heat with me. Yeah, and Miz ain't much better right now. Like it, it, we'll yeah. we'll get but to me, it, but yeah, yeah. But let me finish. He is up at the, after the DDT throws. He puts the dude, the, this poor bastard, in a triangle after he almost snapped this dude's neck and he got the tap out victory. Shit, that was a rectangle, bitch. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, he's dumb. <laughs> so we go to the back, and Paige is yelling. And we come back from commercial break, and we're in the back, and um, Paige yells at the referee for going um, for, for uh, going out to the ring for the match. It wasn't an official match. Uh, the, the ref stooges off that Miz told him that, that she approved the match. So um, then the Vegas boys show up, and they enter, and they send their give their invoices to Paige. Paige reads them and finds out that it's a thousand apiece for the show. It's like okay, okay, top indie star. <laughs> um, so she, so then she looks at them, grabs both papers, and rip them up because you know, fuck, you know, fuck the guys that are trying to get there. They came here and put their bodies on the line to get beat up by the damn commissioner of SmackDown Live. So, um. Randy Orton comes down to the ring and he brought it. He brings in a steel chair. He knows that there's nothing better than a solid steel chair. He says that they're uh, good at sending a message. And then he shows the footage of his two attacks on Ray from the past couple weeks. Um, Orton mocks uh, uh, Ray for wanting revenge. He called Ray his victim, and victims don't get revenge. That is terrible wording. Boy. Um, <laughs> he said the- yeah, because he said victims. He like victims stay victims. I was like, yo, that's horrible. So he said the rest of the of the roster on Sunday is worried about the Legends TLC, but but Ray needs to worry about RK. And as he says, oh, y'all say you see a you see a metal folding chair go run across his damn back like like lightning, and it is, and, it, and all you see you zoom out and it's Ray Mysterio beating the hell out of that man with a chair like he owns like he owes some. So a man in a mask rolled up with a steel chair <laughs> and beat the brace off this man. Yeah. So then um, it finishes off with Ray hitting a six one nine. Um. So we go to the back. We have we have the fly ref interviewing Becky Lynch in the back. Um, oh, and Becky pointed out that she has to. Uh, uh, she. Po- I'm sorry. Becky points out that she has to. Um, Test her face in the in her head um, in TLC match on Sunday, uh, but she doesn't have in that. Also, that she does have the advantage, but she likes that. 
she's always fighting against the odds, and she promised that she'll be at ringside for the match later. And on Sunday, she's going to remind everyone how much chaos there is when the man comes around. So, we get Jeff Hardy and Rusev versus Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. So, everybody makes their interests, and Nakamura comes out last, and Nakamura comes out, and he's pop-locking, he's in the blue, he's in the blue uh, jumper from uh, from Survivor Series, he comes out pop-locking, he's like he's losing his damn mind, I was like, yo, this dude is like, oh, man's on full, you know, full autopilot. Yes, <laughs> mailing it in, came to retire. But at least he's having fun. So, yes. Before the match starts, all of a sudden, R-Truth and Carmelo come out and interrupt the match. They do their dance break, and then they move on because, you know. Bruh, um, so, bruh I, feel like, I feel like Nakamura would, like, after he did this, right, I, I can picture him randomly calling up, like, Tanahashi or something. Like, he's like, yeah, man, watch this shit and look what I'm doing over here getting this money. Like, <laughs> like bruh, like, look. When you gonna stop? When you gonna stop trying to pretend that you that you still the ace? And when you gonna come over and get you some real money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. Yeah. Look, let that bicep, let that biceps and triceps heal. Yeah. Like you can go half speed. Hell, quarter speed. Quarter speed. Yeah. Do you know how good Tanahashi would be? Not even he would not even try. How good he'd be in WWE? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he wouldn't have to try. He'd still be great. <laughs> Look at him. He's Jack. Why do you t- why do you tell about these about this guy and all these other some of these other jokers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So the man stars and Hardy was distracted and um, Nakamura uh jumped from behind. The heels isolated Hardy on their side of the ring. Hardy fought back and hit a whisper in the wind on Joe. Um Rusev got the hot tag and ran wild on Nakamura, including he comes in and he throws a kick. And Nakamura flip bumps for her like he just got like uh, Larry Lariato. Yeah, it was hilarious. So um, Rusev robbed Nakamura with a kick for a two count. Um, Hardy hit a uh, twist of fate on Joe and followed up with a clothesline off the apron. The finish came when Nakamura went for a, kin- a King Sasha. King Sasha. I can't say that word still to this day. The boom by <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Rusev, but uh, Rusev nailed the Machi kick for the win. So we go back, you go to the back, and Shane is yelling at Miz for hiring the Vegas boys and tricking the referee uh, for being a gaslighter. Uh, Miz admitted for doing all of it, admitted to doing all of it, and you know that he never considered, he was never considered for best in the world until Shane McMahon came around, and Miz extended his hand, but Shane walked away, and the fans booed him in for not shaking his hand. So, so this was like Miz when he said all this stuff, like. He was saying it in a real, like, somber, like, kind of passionate way. And then when Shane walked off on him, I'm like, whoa, hold on, bro. Knowing this company, that was probably Miz's face turn. That is so weak. Weak like seven days. Dude. Shaming man, man. Shaming man is... is Bro, I, I, I almost put I almost put up a poll, and I think I know who would win in this poll, and that's simply because he's oversaturated. But on a if this was like a pound for pound thing, who's worse? I was gonna put up Shane McMahon or Baron Corbin. Like, 
like like pound for pound, like it segment for segment. Cool. This is the worst, the worst. But like, if Shane was doing this every week, we I think we would be just as mad at him. The thing is, he comes in, he comes and goes. I don't know, like. I mean, yeah, because obviously Corbin, you say what you want, but Corbin is a much better wrestler than Shane. So, yeah. Anyway, but they ain't saying much. But anyway, um, so uh, we go we go to the back again, um, and the Fly Ref is now interviewing AJ Styles. Styles says that he uh, wanted to beat up Daniel Bryan, but he couldn't. Uh, but then he couldn't compete on Sunday, um, and he said, "This is the new Daniel Bryan. This is the real Daniel Bryan." Uh, and we get another interview uh, with Charlotte, and Charlotte uh, says that she doesn't uh, break, but she breaks records. And she's going to show the man and the Empress what she can do and make them both bow down to the Queen because you know. And she sounded mean saying it. Yeah, yeah. So remember, remember that humble Charlotte. Remember that. Remember that. Yeah, where that's at though. This this is what you turn over me for this belt. This you broke you into our friendship over this. Now it's like, all right, I'll, I'll show you now. All right, so we'll get Charlotte to her later. Versus, she's a heel. Yeah, it, it feels like that. I mean, she's out here anyway. Um, Oscar versus Charlotte, uh, the main event. Uh, Becky comes and sits down at, um, at ringside. So we feel so people are thinking like she's non-contact. So Oscar worked over the leg, um, but, but but Charlotte fought back. Oscar caught Charlotte with a vicious German suplex, where she almost landed on her on her neck and, and her head. Uh, she landed high on her shoulders. Uh, Charlotte regained control and attempted a moonsault. Um, Oscar got the knees up and applied an Oscar lock. Um, Charlotte dropped backwards to break the Oscar lock. Oscar reapplied the hold, but uh, but Charlotte made the ropes. They traded shots in the middle of the ring. Oscar gained control and worked over uh, Charlotte's arm. She applied a triangle, but Charlotte countered into a power uh, to a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. Um, Charlotte applied a figure-four leg lock, but Oscar reversed it and made the ropes. Um, Charlotte continued to work over Oscar's leg, and then uh, Charlotte went for a spear, but Oscar countered into a code breaker. Um, and then Oscar rocked Charlotte with some knees and some, um, I'm sorry, some elbows and some kicks. Charlotte then, um, Asa then come, came and rebound off the ropes, came back, and she ended up eating a spear for a near fall. So uh, Flair then attempted a, a moonsault, but Asa got the knees up again. But this time, Flair uh, ends up catching the legs, coming down, and then um, attempted a figure four, but Asuka reversed into the Asuka lock. Um, then they end up um, fighting out and falling between the, the top and middle rope to the down to the floor. And then um, Flair, and then Charlotte just grabs a Kendo stick and starts beating the hell out of Oscar uh, for the DQ. So the last couple um, of minutes of this was really good. Like when yeah, Oscar yeah. started like turned up the heat on the strikes, and Charlotte was like being you know her her Charlotte self essentially like real tall, real like you know a lot of reach in the stuff she's, that she's doing. Her matches are so. Her matches now at this point are so much more physical and seem like there's so much up, so much more contested in, and everything was a struggle compared to the rest of the roster where this feels like, uh, where it feels like people just trade going through motions. It feels like a real struggle in Charlotte matches. I like them. 
Um, I will say this. The end of the match was very good. The beginning of the match was very good. The crowd killed the beginning of the match. The beginning of the match, they came out, they came out guns a-blazing, and the crowd was just there like... What's happening? They didn't know... They were, they were just tired. They were just done. Um, anyway, so as... I, so Charlotte beats the hell out of Oscar with the uh, with the with the kendo stick. Becky is sitting there looking unimpressed and on just almost like uh, almost just uh, ashamed of her, just like pathetic. Yes. So she goes to walk away. Charlotte sees her walking away and she ends up whacking her on the leg. Um, Becky takes a tumble and then she goes and then Charlotte turns around and goes back to Oscar. But Becky goes around and ends up uh, um, getting the kendo stick and whooping the hell out of. Uh, Whooping the hell out of Charlotte. That shit was great. With the the Kindle stick. Um, And then uh, Becky... Becky then gives some to Asuka for a second. Then goes goes back to paying attention to Charlotte. And then that leaves Asuka to recover. uh, Enough time to recover. She gets the stick and she proceeds to then beat the living hell out of Becky and Charlotte. With the the, uh, Kindle stick. While standing on top of the announce table. Victorious as we go to black. Yeah, um, interesting there. They so obviously Becky Lynch was clear for 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 contact, so that's a good uh, sign. Charlotte's a heel now, y'all. I'm I'm not taking like it, she's literally getting out of matches by grabbing kendo stick and hitting people. I don't know what the fuck they're trying to pull. It's like just fucking commit to it because we see how y'all have her changing changing up changing up her promos now and also how she's like getting out of these matches sounds like a heel bro like <laughs> yeah but it's weird because like she don't wrestle like a coward at all she still wrestles like she's always wrestled yeah exactly so that's that's another thing but well i mean whatever we'll figure it out like i think at this point like with those well the only person i know for sure is a baby face sauce these other two, these other two have like evolved into, like you know, their personalities, pal. Yeah. Like they're they're, they're tweeners, they're shades of gray, and all the other shit because they, their storytelling is so backwards and bullshit. Yeah. So, the only thing I know for certain is Ox is a babyface. That's it. Yeah. And disrespect, and disrespect will not be tolerated. Yeah, and they let Asuka talk uh, some more Japanese tonight, earlier in the night, and that was yes. pretty fun. Uh, the energy translates, like it, as I mentioned uh, last week. But uh, I don't know, man. This show, it was like, it was just happening for a while. Like, the yeah. the Brian and Ali thing was underwhelming for me. Obviously, the Dan Bryan promo is just like, they're throwing more of the uh, environmentalist stuff in there. And it's not like overtaking the whole thing, but it's like, all right, y'all cannot lean on this too much because that actually becomes his character rather than just a part of it. Um, then <clears throat> the I thought the rap battle, the Usos part was great. The bars was just like, I didn't know why it was happening and I just didn't well, enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I personally, I mean, they weren't actually trying correct, to be good. Correct. They weren't they trying were to trying, rap. They, yeah. yeah. They were, they were, they, yeah, they were trying to be geeks. Yeah. Um, the Miz and Shaman Man thing was awful. That's uh, awful. the, the tag match, just a match, whatever. Um, Oscar and Charlotte, I, I liked it at the end, and then, you know, the beatdown angle was, was pretty good. Like, but this was an uneven episode of SmackDown. I say just an I would say just an average and mediocre show. Yeah, I, I would say I would not classify this as good. I'll give this thumbs in the middle. Yeah, 
But anyway, that's going to wrap up the SmackDown Report. We will be back with the LeBron James U-Bum of the Week as well as our Wrestler of the Week. Wait, that means... So, which was a better show this week? <sighs> I would take SmackDown... Because I, there's no way I can kill Raw the way I just did, and compare it to WCW up and down. And what do you think? Oh, it's SmackDown, but I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be stated on the record because it's like, yeah, SmackDown wasn't really SmackDown was not a good show this week. It was still better than Raw. It, it, yes, it, yes. It, let's not get it fucked up. Like there, like I think one thing on the internet is. People are forced to take hard positions just the way the, you know, culture has been shaking out lately. What you must remember, and this is something I'm trying to learn as well, um, there are a lot of exits in the middle between, (laughs) you know, a lot of things. So, just because, like, we say, hey, SmackDown wasn't that good this week, that does not put it in the same level as Monday Night Raw and what they've done <laughs> to this show to fuck it up week after week, and they're literally inverting the the, the storyline uh, that the show sucks itself. You don't see them doing that on SmackDown. Why? Because they don't have to. They, people aren't complaining about SmackDown. Right. And also, you can make the same statement. Raw over the last two weeks has has progressively gotten better. It still ain't a good show. Yeah, it's still it still ain't even an average show. It's still a bad show, but it's gone from being terrible. It went from heinous to terrible to bad. Yeah, yeah, and, and SmackDown has been so excellent where it's been like good, great, and this is just like a show. So yeah, just a show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so SmackDown, once again, for the seventh straight week, I want to say. Yes, so seven straight weeks? I want to say it's seven straight weeks. I, I will confirm that uh, during our break. I will be back. A name caller. What'd I say? Let me hear you say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> it's not a name call. It's a... Uh, nice. Right, you bum. Welcome back to the most anticipated segment in wrestling podcasting today, the LeBron James U Bum of the Week. So oh, we've got plenty O Bums uh, to choose from on this this list. It's it's a wonder Vince McMahon has given us so much to work with uh, this week. So uh, beginning uh, the AOP and Drake Maverick. They got a jobber entrance and then lost their championships via their manager and have just been, I said it weeks ago on this show, Drake Maverick was a hole in their act, right? And this is literally the chickens coming home to roost. So, (laughs) um, Baron Corbin, he was literally put in a place to be shot on for the woes of the show. Um, He tried to cheat in a ladder match, a match with no rules. He tried to cheat with a ref. Obviously, there are no pinfalls or submissions, so I don't know why the ref like would have mattered anyway. Um, And then lost the match. He couldn't even, you know, cheat correctly. And then, of course, he was all over the show, uh, which led it to 
another all-time low in the ratings. So Baron Corbin, you were not. It was like Kenny Omega um, when he has that um, that move. You cannot escape um, <laughs> the LeBron James you bum of the week list. So um, after that, we have the Miz and Shane McMahon as a staff record label group duo. Uh, however, you, you you know when you see the um, the the awards and the Grammys, it's like best by a group or duo or, or whatever you want to call it. That's what Shane McMahon is and Miz are out here. Uh, these guys are this is an abomination whatever the fuck they're doing um shane is terrible miz they've kind of it's like they're nudging them towards turning face but it's just not like miz being a baby face has not ever been the heat in these streets it really feels like the, it really feels like they have nothing for him to do right now. So they're like, "Well, you know, you're always been funny, so we'll like have you do this funny thing or whatever." Well, you can't like, be a well, heel anymore because yeah. like Daniel Bryan's like kind of got that sold up, so you can't really stand close to him. So yeah, yeah no man's land. Uh, Heath Slater. So this man has become a referee. Uh, he's got a yellow streak on his spine like Macho Man Randy Savage when they spray painted him uh, at Bash of the Beach 96. Um, <laughs> then, you know, obviously got caught that super kick in the face by Rollins. Couldn't even cheat right. Um, he He's worried about he's worried about his job and his career prospects as if like he hasn't heard the word about AEW. <laughs> also you have a contract bro they can't just you know rip that shit up so and then Dolph Ziggler who literally just got beaten back to the preliminaries so by Drew, Mac- Drew McIntyre uh, he was collapsing yep. in the match and just got fucked up all the way around like he was rolling with Drew McIntyre this whole time and never had a, had an idea that this was coming Look, yeah, look, not you, even when he was carrying that man out of SummerSlam. Yeah. Also, uh, if you know the history of uh, of people in this company, uh, Ziggler, all these rematches that people get, you should have declined the match. Be like, I already beat you. I retired from video boxing. Like, yes. and just never. Bart Simpson. Yes. Bart Simpson. Never have fought the man again. But he chose to do so and ended up on the LeBron James. You bump it up. Weak list. I don't know, man. It is lots of bums, James. We, I think we've outdone ourselves this week, but I'm going the Miz and Shame Man. Like Shame Man, they won their match, but that's not a match. That was a, he damn near killed a dude. Them punches look terrible. Their storyline is just awful. Change my mind <laughs> if it's if it's someone else. I mean, these are all these are all good choices. Um, Compelling radio. I'll, you know what? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with you. I'll ride. I'll ride along with you. We'll put. We'll put Shane and, and Miz on there. Shane and Miz. It does suck now because like that means Shane or that means Miz has been as one to sing like what two of the last three weeks, something like that. Said Miz. Yeah. Miz, remember, Miz got pinned by the by uh, by Kobe's uh, uh, by Kobe's siblings. I don't think we gave. Back. I don't think we gave it to him on that. Okay, so he escaped. All right, he escaped. Ass on there then. Yep. He was he was due. Yep. The Miz and Shane McMahon. So for our uh, and the Miz and Shane McMahon, you are together, just like you know you hold that trophy. You are co-winners of the LeBron James You Bum of the Week. 
<laughs> so, um, worst, worst in the world. Yep, worst in the world. Uh, so, moving on to our wrestler of the week, uh, we have. Uh, nominated Seth Rollins, who had a good week for the first time in a long time. Um, Daniel Bryan, <clears throat> who is still drawing lots of heat, went over and got a win tonight. Asuka, who was the last woman standing tall in the match, and I think she was kind of the star of the match uh, itself. And most importantly, she needed it more than any of the other two, any of the three, because of what they've done with her with the booking. And like she, she actually feels like she's on equal footing with them in two weeks. Like, good job by them on this on this end. Then um, Drew McIntyre, who whooped Dolph Ziggler like hell, cut a good promo uh, himself, and also the Usos, who showed y'all that I I would love to see them. uh, You know, we got to get them and Cena in there and let let them finish Cena off for forever. Like that was the most one handed. That was the most one sided rap battle since Ti and Flip. So that's two times we brought them, them up. So has anybody seen Lil Flip lately? Bring yes. your pump gas to the stage. So uh, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, uh, check out the mixtape Down With The King. Uh, dropped in 2004 during the T.I. Lil Flip rap battle. And it's just like you talk about taking somebody's whole career and credibility just apart. And I liked Lil Flip at the time. Like. I ain't never seen that dude before. <laughs> so sick. He ain't never seen that man in his hood. <laughs> yes. T.I. literally goes and grabs a rapper from Houston that no one's ever heard of and puts him on the song that this little flip is a dude named Lil Third. And yeah. Buddy wrapped his ass off and then just, just completely assassinated his character. Just yeah check it out uh if you if you want to hear yes the audacity of this yeah it's 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 too long for me to say but yes yeah so uh yeah wrestle of the week so i'll throw it to you james who you got i got seth um this is this is really crucial this really needed and um like this is we need more of this we we need this dude to actually be out front out in front on this on this brand right now, like we need like the Rondas and the Seths and the Strowmans when Strowman comes back and the Finn Balors and the Mac and the McIntyres and the people that are going to be the stars to be the stars and start doing it now and start carrying the show and pull it and and unfuck this show and pull it out of the muck. So like Seth doing his, Seth putting his half. So I need everybody else to put theirs in. Yeah. Um, I need, look, Seth. Look, Seth. Put his hand on the screen. I need y'all to also put your hands on the screen. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins as well. Uh, he was early front runner. Uh, had a good match in the main event. Obviously, the promo time, and he kind of felt like the star that he hadn't felt like in a while. And if he's going where we think he's going, uh, rumored to you know to be the one taking it off Brock, we need him to start ramping this shit up, like. There's a there's like this thing that I've thought about raw. I, I really don't even want to say it on the air, and I won't say it on the air unless it gets worse. Uh, I'll tell you about it after the show, James. But I will let y'all know uh, what I think this show, you know, is like how it's being handled right now. Um, they, uh, yeah. But Seth Rollins, congratulations! You are our wrestler of the week. So uh, that. Makes Seth Rollins wrestle of the week. Uh, that's the first time he's won it. 
And business statement, man, first time you bum of the week. Uh, as we mentioned, seven straight weeks of dominance for SmackDown Live. Uh, our overall count, uh, Raw has only won three times since the inception of this show. The last time Raw won was the night Roman Reigns announced he had leukemia. After that, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen to three, SmackDown has the advantage. This is this is worse than the way Nitro was whooping on Raw for eighty-three weeks almost. <laughs> oh my god. But um, yeah, that's gonna pretty much wrap up the show. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and when I say thank you guys, I really appreciate it because every week I pull up these numbers and I'm just like blown away how much you guys have been supporting us and, and making the numbers look good and everything like that. Appreciate you sharing the shows and uh, reaching back out to us. Uh, we actually dropped a um a review for the WWE year in review um, for pay-per-views on over on the social suplex podcast network, the first half of the year uh, Royal rumble through extreme rules. We will be having a show drop uh, in place of our show that would come in two weeks. We're not reviewing SmackDown and raw the holiday shows. We will put that show out instead. Uh, but if you really want to hear us, if, if you tune into one nation radio here to hear us shit on stuff and break stuff down, logically right uh, if this that's why you come here right if, if if that's you know why you come here that show right there <laughs> that's what you're gonna want to listen to um and we will have the SummerSlam through tlc portion uh drop in two weeks uh but make sure uh, you guys are checking out all the other great shows on the lords of pain radio network including the global revolution Tuesday nights late with us, One Nation Radio here. Wednesdays with Samuel playing Sports Entertainment is Dead. Thursday, the Perfect Ten Wrestling Show with our boy The Implications. Friday, the lights the right side of the pond, excuse me. Saturday, the WWF Legacy Series. And Sunday, the LOP Radio Aftershock pay-per-view. Uh, also, make sure you guys check out all the other shows over on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, uh, as well as us there. I'd like to see you guys go over there and listen to that stuff, too. So, we're dropping stuff twice a week flaming on y'all uh james anything to uh discuss before we roll up out of here this week um nothing just excited for january 4th in tokyo dome brother oh yeah so yeah He's excited that, for that yep what a card <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to be, fair, to be fair i'm also excited for i would be more excited for tlc if i didn't realize there were like 12 matches on the damn thing or 11 matches yeah these were go-home shows weren't they? they they were go-home shows but it's like you look up and you're like wait so elias in a, in a, um, a ladder match ladder match with the with the shit on a on a with a with the gimmick on or the guitar on, on a on a pole it's like just don't even put that on the card. Like no, uh, no. more WCW <laughs> James. <laughs> more WCW. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. We up out of here. Peace. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> <laughs>